0: This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. On January 9th, 2007, Steve Jobs walked onto the stage to give the keynote opening speech for Macworld in San Francisco. Now, the announcement made was realized on June 29th, and it changed the world forever. Then two days later... This week's guest started with the NFL. The timing of his arrival coincided with changes in the NFL media world, and this announcement by Steve Jobs would ultimately play a big role. This week's guest is Ben Lievenberg, director of photography for the
1: NFL. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you to come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88
0: miles per hour. This time we step off the DeLorean. The date is January 9th, 2007. It is 8 a.m., and we're in San Francisco. Well, it's not quite the time of when Steve Jobs is going to come out, because we had to get here a little bit early. There's been media hype all over the place about what's about to come, and we're just waiting for it. But let me get you back there. Steve Jobs casually strolls across the stage, and his opening remarks are this, quote, This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. Every once in a while, a revolutionary product comes along that changes everything. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop it there because I'm kind of curious. Did you figure it out yet? January 9th, 2007. What did he announce to the world? Well, Steve Jobs officially announced the debut of the first ever iPhone on that day. Something that quite literally changed the world. And one obvious way is the use of the smartphone. Well, <laughs> what well, he kind of took a little jab at the other guys previously were not truly smartphones, even though they called it that. But one obvious way is that this new phone, which would revolutionize and change the world, would be able to take photos. Another might be streaming, FaceTime or Zoom, Skype, anything like that. Or how about watching the NFL ticket your favorite game while sitting on the John? All of this made better by the invention of the iPhone and what it brought to the world. But let's focus on that photo part. That's where we bring in this week's guest, Ben Liebenberg. He's worked for the NFL, well, since July 1st of 2007 in varying roles, mostly revolving around photography. He is now the director of photography for the NFL. And to give you a little bit of a background on him, here's a quick bio from his LinkedIn page. Quote, I am the Director of Photography and Lead Photographer for the National Football League. I oversee photo needs for the NFL, managing multiple photo team members. I develop, delegate, and spearhead short and long-term projects. Staying innovative with my work as a priority. My career allows me to travel nationwide, managing the on-site photo workflow for the large NFL events, including the Super Bowl, NFL Draft, Pro Football Hall of Fame Entryment, NFL Scouting Combine, and many others. End quote. (laughs) You interested in this topic yet? Are you a little bit jealous traveling around the world? And that's just his NFL stuff. We talk about some other cool things, too, which you're going to have to look at his website, benliebenberg.com. And we're going to go ahead and dig more into his career in depth in a short while. But first, let me remind you that this podcast is part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of sports yesteryear. And you can learn more about us over at sportshistorynetwork.com. And while you're over there, make sure you check out all of our other great podcasts we have covering sports history. But for now, let's go ahead and get right into this interview with Ben Liebenberg. Yeah, so it's hard to whittle down all these different hundreds of games, and we have 14 year NFL career and all these kinds of things, and director of photography for the NFL. So I thought it'd be easier. Let's play a little fun game. If you had to give an elevator pitch for what director of photography for the NFL means, what would you say? Go.
1: <laughs> Director of photography is the person that uh, oversees and maintains all photography needs, uh, our historical archive, and manages the day-to-day operations of the photo team. Okay, so then that
0: would be where you're at now, but then why photography? Like, where did that drive passion come from for you personally?
1: Uh, it, it really started when I was a, a young kid and just traveling around. I did a lot of traveling during the summers with my grandparents and uh, my grandfather always had a camera. So I had a camera, you know, at like eight, nine, 10, you know, I'm taking pictures, you know, we were, me and my cousins were always taking pictures and that was just how we cat. That was, you know, how we remembered trips and vacations and places we went, you know, and, and that just really stuck with me and then so you just that was like the
0: kind of the drive and the passion then i, I so i've seen on your bio and we kind of talked about this in the introduction that you worked your way into different varying levels working with artists and international and then making yourself in the nfl before we get into the nfl if you could pick one place on earth that you were at maybe for it was a concert or whatever it would be and you could go back there what would it be
1: oh man <laughs> that's a tough one uh I have one that's football related sort of. Uh I was in Brazil um with Russell Wilson and I would absolutely go back to Brazil in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, I personally have not been to Brazil, but I mean I would think that it would be pretty nice to be there yeah. from
1: some amazing of the amazing and city, uh, amazing views. Um I think my favorite thing was Christ the Redeemer, uh the statue on top of a mountain. And you're literally above the clouds.
0: So did you get a good photo of that considering your, your career?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do have some nice photos from that trip.
0: All right. So speaking of that trip and you did, you brought it into football and I didn't necessarily, it didn't have to be football related, but now let's transition into football. The reason why I brought you on the show, this is a yeah. show about the history of the game. And as a photographer, you're documenting all these things so we can live on And uh, 2007. So like you said, July 1st, 2007. Uh, I believe personally, the digital world changed because that January A guy named Steve Jobs, some people have heard of this dude, (laughs) he announced, we're going to have this brand new thing and it's going to be the iPhone. But then when it was released June 29th, two days later, you started for the NFL. I mean, how did that transition work into the NFL and then arguably the digital world changing? What was the process the NFL took to handle something like that?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because when I I started, uh, we were in the process of re- building and redeveloping our website, we, we didn't even, this is hard to believe, but at that time, the NFL did not run their own website. It was run by CBS and CBS handled all the content. So the NFL had decided, Hey, we need to do this ourselves. And we're starting to bring in all that content and do, you know, writers, uh, photographers, editors, everything was brand new at that point. Um, you know, so it, it really, you know, that was the start of digital for the NFL at the same time. Um, you know, and, you know, I think my first work phone was a BlackBerry and <laughs> took a little while before I got an iPhone. Um, but you know, it, it really changed how, you know, immediately we had to think about, okay, you know, how do we look at what do things look like on a phone? You know, a phone is a lot different than a website, you know, and that, and that suddenly became, um, you know, a huge factor. And it's still a, I mean, a, a gigantic factor of everything we do and how, you know, we're developing for phones, we're developing for uh, websites, we're developing for apps, you know, so it's, it's definitely uh, changed. It changed everything essentially for everyone, you know, on that day when, you know, the, the iPhone came out, you know, it, it opened up a whole nother world, a whole nother opportunity to engage with fans yeah. I mean,
0: I'm myself too, as you say that, I mean, I'm holding up my phone. I'm a little old school. I think this is like a seven still, but yeah, one of the first things I do every day is I type in N on the Safari and boom, NFL.com pops up and I go there pretty much every day. So it's like you said, it, the phone has changed everything. It's in my pocket, and I brought this up on my show before. My my dad always made the joke when he got his first uh, iPhone. I don't know if this is dating him, but he said if Captain James T. Kirk had one of these things, he would have whooped all over the clean on. So you know, he he always brings that as a reference <laughs> to everybody. And uh, again, I I believe it. It's made it's made big change, and even as a digital space that I'm in too, you have to be cognizant of wait, will that photo look good on when it's optimized for the phone? Or will it just be for the screen and all these kinds of things? And by no means am I as technologically as savvy as the big corporation that is the NFL. But that's interesting. You said that they didn't even have their own or they didn't run their own website. I never would have would have even thought that I will talk. Okay, so we're going to go into some of your your career with the NFL. But one thing I got to talk to you about. So I saw a video that discussed the 2020 season And it was a great video. I loved it. You know, you're talking about some of the challenges of the 2020 season, some of the, maybe, maybe the benefits from a photographer's point of view, we could say, but I have to, I have a bone to pick with you. It's one of those come on man moments. I don't have my shirt on right now because I'm just coming out of my day job, but I'm a Lions fan. How come the first picture you had to pick was Aaron Jones sitting there? And that was against (laughs) the Lions that when they routed them like 40 something to three or whatever it was.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. I, you know, I,
0: I can't control what happens, <laughs> right? I can't, I can't knock <laughs> but, it though. Like you said that go ahead and yeah. explain to me and maybe to the listener of the show visually why you chose that Aaron Jones photo in the stands and why it represented what 2020 was all about.
1: I think the, the Lambo leap is synonymous with a player jumping into the arms of the fans, you know, and to see uh, that photo that uh, the photographer's name is Todd Rosenberg, that he captured uh, with the empty stadium behind him, you know, and it it was surreal, you know, it really hit home. Like this is not a normal NFL season by any means, you know, and when you saw that, cause you know, um, being um, a Lions <laughs> fan, you've probably seen your share of land Unfortunately. Leagues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh you know, it, it was different, and it 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 looked different, and it felt different. You know, and it was bizarre. You know, and and I think it it really hit home that there's no fans, and the fans are such a huge part of the NFL, huge part. You know, and every Sunday, and it was it was different uh, for me. You know, when you walk into a stadium every week and there's nobody there, there's you know, it's it's all. It was so quiet. You know, it was very um, calm, and I don't want to say relaxing, but you just didn't have the the same energy. You know that you would have with fans, and you know, you it, I felt like it, you didn't see that energy in the players. You know, you didn't really have the team intros or anything like that. So, it not having the fans definitely affected um the energy and the the mood in, in stadiums and, and the players themselves.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm I'm on the belief that football is the primo sport for television. Like you can't beat it, but at the same time you also can't beat it in the stands and when fans mm-hmm. are there it's a totally different game. Yeah, that photo I, that, that you said took was it looked like they were just in a scrimmage game with no fans, just the way that when he's sitting there and it kind of, you gave me a good transition into the, one of the questions I wanted to ask you. Uh, So I brought Ted Jackson Mm -hmm. on uh, from the times, and he described some of the photos. The reason why I brought him on was to talk about the Jackie Wallace story, but I was intrigued with a lot of the other photos that he had not even revolving around football. And I asked him the question about kind of this. So here's how about a heart-wrenching moment. So he's in a heart-wrenching moment or any photographers and growing up and he said at the time he was young, he he looked at these photos, say maybe a war photo and he's like it was a great photo. I could take that. I could do that. But then at, he didn't realize it till he got into photography that or photojournalism that that photographer had to live that moment with those people and 2020 is probably <laughs> a, a good example of that. It was like you had to live that moment. I so Speaking of another moment, an, an unfortunate event, I know it was before your time with the NFL, but have you ever had that discussion of when 9-11 happened with maybe some of the photos, some of the photographers that might've been there at that time and what the feelings were like?
1: Yeah, it was it was definitely a, a little bit before I started at the NFL, but it was, in, and I've looked at those photos and, you know, we, we um, those photos especially with the New York Giants in, in that game that was played um, shortly after 9-11 was, uh, you know, it, you had the, the players running out, the American flag, you know, and it, it just showed a, um, a sense of unity, you know, for the nation, for America, and, um, you know, that we're still here. We're not going anywhere, you know. You can knock us down, but we're going to get back up you know, and it was a, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool moment, you know, to, I remember watching it on TV. I remember, you know, I've obviously looked at the photos from that game and it, it was a pretty cool thing to see and, and talk with, um, you know, I don't know a lot of people that were there, but, you know, just people in New York in that time frame in general, you know, it was, it, it was a pretty powerful moment. Yeah. I mean, I would agree.
0: I, I was a junior in high school when this happened. So at that time you don't understand as much of like what's going on in the world. But I do remember when the games came back, for instance, and like you said, it was that unity. And it was, it, even though I think it was the chief stadium, the giants were in a way game, but all the chiefs fans were still cheering for the giants. If I recall correctly, but just again, they're, even if though they're competing teams, this we're all one nation and we're going to survive this. We're going to push past it. And then we're going to keep right. moving on. And you know, I, I use sports. A lot of people do for references all the time, as far as getting back up and sometimes falling. I mean, what's the one shot that you thought you had that you get back to the film room. You're like, Oh crap. I guess I didn't get as good as I could have had. Well,
1: uh, I don't, I don't think I have like that moment. I think the one thing is with digital, you know, right away, you, you look at it, you know, you didn't get it. You can tell it's out of focus, soft, whatever, you know, I will give you some great examples of things I wish I would have got. One uh, being um, the first Super Bowl I had ever covered was um, Giants and Patriots, and Randy Moss uh, scored a touchdown uh, to give the Patriots the lead. Um, I had a amazing photo of it, you know, and I thought I, you know, I got in my head and thought the game was over. I mean, it was going to take a miracle. For the Giants to come back, and and uh, I decided to stay, kind of hang back a little bit down towards um, Bill Belichick in the the bench area. I'm shooting the play, Eli scrambling, they yank his jersey, and he just hucks the ball, and I can't see it, and the place goes crazy, and that's the David Tyree catch. And I didn't even see it until I got back to my hotel room.
0: Oh man. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
1: you're right. That yeah. Normally you say right and, place, right time, but that was the wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. You know, and and it happens in, um, you know, I ended up, I sort of redeemed myself. I missed, you know, an icon, iconic moment, but I did, uh, you know, get down to the other end of the field and get the Plaxico Burris touchdown to win the game. You know, so still had that, but, you know, it's, it's things like that. Here's another. And then uh, another one that always haunts me is the Santonio Holmes catch the next year. Same situation. I had Larry Fitzgerald's touchdown, um, nailed like 125 frames of it. Amazing photos. You know, he ran right in front of me, arms in the air. And then San Antonio Holmes and the Steelers come down the field and uh, Roethlisberger throws to San Antonio Holmes and the game official runs right in front of me. Oh. So I have a picture of the game official and San Antonio Holmes out of focus in the background.
0: Oh man. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> so you, you said it, it's, something it's, about, you had 125 frames or shots of it. How many, what's an average amount of, I don't know if you, what you would call it, snaps or photos that a person would take in a given game.
1: In a given game. Um, um, in a normal game, I'm about 5,000 photos in uh Super Bowl, I'm about 9,000 photos just because there's so much other stuff going on especially around the pregame and the postgame. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, you know, more national anthems, flyovers, uh just more warm-ups, player intros. There's a lot more things that happen.
0: You ever just you you mentioned flyover national anthem Super Bowl. You ever get the the chill where you just like, like almost like you're, you kind of come out of your body and you're like, wow, I'm literally on the field right now and I'm snapping a photo of the Super Bowl.
1: Just about every time I see that flyover, you know, or like, uh, you know, a Super Bowl, if you hear like, you know, NFL films music come on or something like that, you know, like, yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been to a lot of football games and I still get chills. Yeah. Like similar to
0: again, going, we'll keep it football theme. The players that say I still get butterflies every game until I'm on the field and that kind of thing. And, uh, <laughs> one question is, so you mentioned y'all was in the wrong place, wrong time. What, what makes a good, like what's the, the, the primary trait or characteristic of a, a very good, excellent NFL photographer?
1: Wow. Um, uh, I think it's really someone that is, um, can capture great action photography. Can cra- capture great moments. Uh, can capture emotion, and and knows um, the game of football. You know, I think you you definitely have to know a, a bit about football, and and that's going to help um uh help you you know because there's a lot of players out on a field you know for any given play you know and and you gotta you gotta have some sort of idea of what they're doing, where they're going, where the play is going to happen. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to be all over the place, you know, and you're going to miss a lot of things. So, you know, looking at um, the way players are lined up at the line of scrimmage, you know, looking at, you know, what their formations are, things like that, where are the receivers, where's the running back, is quarterback and shotgun, is the under center, things like that, you know, will kind of tip their hand a little bit to what they're, they might be doing you know at least to give you a slight edge <laughs> right yeah the
0: anticipation i mean I, I would imagine that that that's i mean both like you said you have to know what you're doing but still challenging because if you were in their head that much and you were that good then i guess you could be coaching as well too for the other
1: team <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm <laughs> anyway,
0: you specifically I'm maybe but <laughs> like a person uh now yeah. but, but with yeah. that i mean so there has to be some game planning. There has to be some preparation. What what's the process for like a team? I mean, how many? What would be considered a team in a Super Bowl? How many photographers you'd have for,
1: say, the NFL? Yeah. So my team usually consists of uh, eight photographers, and you on a normal year, five editors, five runners, and probably about six or seven editors in our LA office and we're cranking out. I mean, anywhere, I mean, I mean, 75,000 photos maybe are coming in on that day. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's That's a, a lot. That's a lot of data to go through.
0: And I mean, when you're, so because you have that much, I mean, over almost an overwhelmingly amount What do you like? How do you prepare for something like that as a group? Because otherwise, like if there's no synchronization, I'm sure they'd be like, hey, we're just randomness.
1: No, it's it's a lot of planning. Um, I mean, we're planning right now. I mean, literally today there's planning meetings going on. I mean, I'm five miles from SoFi Stadium. There's planning meetings going on there for the Super Bowl. You know, that's, I mean, and that's not the first meeting, right. You know, we're, we're actively planning all the time, but from my standpoint, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, putting my team together, you know, months out, you know, we, we have a a game plan. We have different assignments for each photographer. We have, uh, you know, obviously different positions. Um, we had, we do a lot of, um, technical stuff around, um, hardwiring uh cameras, um, things like that. We use a lot of um this year at the Super Bowl for the first time we were able to use um a lot of uh cellular transmission because uh, there's not a lot of there wasn't as many people as a normal um game use using their cell phones. So we did a lot of that um which we generally um haven't been able to do. Uh we run lots of fiber cable, lots of Ethernet cables and plug in a lot of cameras. So, you know, there's a large pipe that goes out of the stadium and goes all the way back to our um, editors in LA. And, you know, you can have a photo from a camera, you know, on NFL.com in a minute or two. Yeah. I mean, that's,
0: that's amazing too. Like not just the photos, but the videos of being a fantasy football guy. Of course you see the highlights and everything and all the back end stuff. We don't under we don't realize what goes on when you're just watching it or you're looking at the website, but it's just got to be crazy amount. And maybe you can't specifically answer this question this way. Answer it whatever best way you can, so you're not biased. But what's like maybe not the favorite stadium, but the stadium that gives you the best opportunity, or or however you can answer that question.
1: <laughs> um, it's a, so I, I got I got a couple things. Um, I really like SoFi the new stadium here is, is really great. It, uh, has a, because of the roof, it has a really soft light inside. So it's a really even light. It's really nice. Um, I've, I've been to almost every stadium. Um, some have their good parts. Some aren't so good. Um, I think, uh, my favorite is green Bay. And I know you probably don't want to hear that.
0: (laughs) For those of you that can't Um, see this in that visual, I just threw my headset
1: down. (laughs) Regardless of the team, um, Green Bay in late fall has gorgeous light. Um, It makes for some really nice photos. You know, I, I love shooting outdoors. Um, I love shooting. um, There's so many like different parts, like, of stadiums that make them nice, you know, like Atlanta is a great stadium. It has that great um, 360 degree video board. So does SoFi now. Those things are cool. You know, they look cool. They're cool to see, you know, they're cool to work into your photos. Um, I think uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to shoot in um, some other countries and shooting in Mexico city at the Azteca stadium You know, that has a really cool look to it. You know, it it has a really cool circle, like open circle around the whole top. Um, That's a cool one. Or just being in, I've been to um, like Tottenham in the UK. It's a rugby stadium, but really cool, really old stadium, historic stadium, Wembley Stadium. You know, there's some things like that. It's just historical moments have happened there. You know, if you think about everything that's happened on the field at Wembley or even here in LA at the la coliseum you know they played super bowl one there you know and i still you know up until this past season you know the the rams were playing there and every game when i'd walk you know down the tunnel to the field you just think like vince lombardi walked down this tunnel you know tons hundreds of hall of famers have walked down this tunnel you know it's pretty cool when you think about things like that and that's what really kind of uh, gets me excited is is the historical stuff you know that have happened, you know in various places. Like I was in um, uh, Candlestick in San Francisco uh, about a month before they tore down the stadium, and the groundskeeper there uh, walked off from a sprinkler head, the exact spot where Dwight Clark caught the catch, you know, and that's a pretty cool place to stand, you know. Things like that. I mean, there's so many. Stadiums like that that just have you know they're they're great to be in they they have a, a lot of history
0: yeah speaking of his, history and historical moments so we'll go let's take you back to to Super Bowl 50 and the uh the honors night you took a photo of somebody he was wearing a blue suit hall of famer jim brown what what was going
1: through your mind when you were able to do that <laughs> Man, I've I've photographed um, Jim Brown a, a couple times. I've done a couple portrait shoots with him, and uh, it's for me. It's you know I'm there to do a specific job, but at the same time, you're like, oh my god, it's one of the greatest football players of all time, you know. And he's so quiet. He's so nice, you know. He he's a great human being, you know. On top of it all, but it's still you're like, you know, like wow. Like that's Jim Brown, you know? And, um, it, I think it's, there's not a lot of guys that really, um, uh, make me nervous, but it's, it, it, he is one of them, you know, it, it's just because he's such a legend, you know? Um, I photographed, I mean, you name it, I've photographed him. you know, and it, it's those guys like, you know, uh, like a Jerry Rice or a uh, uh, Jim Brown, Joe Montana, um, Tom Brady, you know, the, those guys like, I mean, it, it's like, wow, like I grew up watching, you know, Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and now I'm photographing them like that's, you know, pretty something special for me.
0: Yeah, that reminds me of a speaking of Hall of Fame and Jim Brown, a story where I was at the Hall of Fame 2018. There was, be- it was right before their gold dinner or gold jacket dinner, and I I saw a big crowd. My dad said, "Hey, let's go over there and let's see what's going on." There were whispers, "Hey, that might be Jim Brown in the car, right?" And out comes this cane. Mm-hmm. Now I I ha- wasn't able to watch him live, of course. I know I know the name. I'm amazing, you know, in awe. But what got me was he walks out, and not just because the applause from everybody around, but I'm watching grown men all around crying because of this person that is here and what he meant to them beyond the game of football. And I mean, that's just gotta be cool. Like you said, to be there, but then to also capture the photos. So I got to ask you a question for my brother. Then he was at the hall of fame with me too. And he's, well, we won't even call him an amateur photographer, but I gave him my, my, my (laughs) camera to use because I was doing other things. And, um, if you could give one tip to, we'll, we'll say amateur photographers that are trying to capture moments and stuff, what would that tip be that often they maybe forget about?
1: Well, I think uh, compose your frame. You know, if you have time, look at it. Look at what's in it. You know, don't rush it if you, if you don't have to. You know, I think a lot of people, they they get in that moment and they're just really quick about it. And then you get home and you're like, oh, I, you know, like the, something's weird in the background or something like that. You know, like take a second to to really look through, you know, and make sure you're set and then take the picture.
0: Yeah, that's probably good advice for this guy right here. Because a lot of times when even on my phone, it's all blurry yeah. because I'm just doing it real quick. And quickly. then make
1: sure <laughs> you got it too. Because a lot of times like with the cell phone, you take the picture and there's a delay like w- from when you hit the button to when it actually takes the picture. So you might be like bringing the camera down or something when it actually takes the picture.
0: 100% can relate and 100% <laughs> have missed some great photos because of this. So I totally thank you for that yep. uh, suggestion and <laughs> we'll throw that out there. So that kind of ties into one of the questions I ask everybody, every guest on this show. Um, I wish I could, Give it to you, but the kids borrowing it right now. I normally show you a big plastic DeLorean, okay. and I'm going to give you the keys to that virtual DeLorean right now. You can go back and point in any time in NFL history, but because you talk about this camera equipment, you could take modern day <laughs> technology with you and you can oh, capture wow. any moment in NFL history. What moment are you capturing?
1: I would go, you know what? I would go back to any game that Jim Thorpe played football in because there are no photos of Jim Thorpe, <laughs> barely. So I would love to watch that man play and take I would on. too. I
0: so here's here's something I thought about. And, and I don't know why this came to me last night when I was kind of preparing for this. I I, I agree. I want to have Jim Thorpe photos, and that was the guy that came in my mind too, right? There's two things, two sides of this. We are so spoiled i'll use that word we're so spoiled with you just mentioned to me in like a minute i can get a photo on my phone from what's happening at the super bowl right now Yep. but at the same time there's that allure maybe that romanticizing i don't know what it is but i always go back to and i'm i'm trying to think of the guy's name but there's the writer grantlin rice talking about red grange and the and the uh, galloping ghost and then also talking about the four horsemen that we will never ever get again because we don't, we have photos, we have videos, which I would prefer way more, but I don't know how, how, like you say, there's a photos capture a thousand words, but at the same time that written word or hearing it on the radio. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. This is me just rambling on. So now I'm going to tell you that where can we find you or find any of your work, the listener of the show, and then also an open jam session for you to share any last words of wisdom with the listener of the show.
1: All right. Uh, You can find all of my uh, current work on my Instagram page at Ben underscore Liebenberg. And you can go to NFL.com slash photos to see a lot of my work. A lot of my stuff uh, appears all over NFL.com, all of our social um, accounts um, at NFL on Twitter, Instagram. And um, you can also visit my website, www.benliebenberg.com. There you go. Ben Liebenberg, the director of
0: photography for the NFL. I mean, how cool was that to learn a little bit, you know, peeling back the curtain, peeking through and seeing kind of like how the NFL brings you, me and all these crazy fans that we have and gives us these insanely detailed photos and other digital media. Again, (laughs) going back to Steve Jobs, that iPhone that really did change the world. And the NFL is at the forefront, has been at the forefront for many of these things. It's the game, taking photos, man, seeing the stories on their faces, seeing all these other things, totally different. Talking about going back to that Aaron Jones empty stadium. Nothing can replicate having fans in the stands. But again, I appreciate Ben taking time out of his day, busy day, talking about already focusing on the upcoming NFL season and the Super Bowl. That's a year-round process for planning. And I can't wait to have these fans back in the stands. I want to be one of them, having that energy of the stadium. And of course, any sport out there, but I'm a little biased because I'm mostly an NFL fan. I think it's super cool to have the fans out there cheering for their favorite team. And then when a score or big play happens, just the entire stadium erupts, explodes, and the energy that comes through is i mean it, it registered on the Richter scale in seattle when, when beast quake had that that run beast mode had that run beast quake you know so it's nfl fans I'm just saying they love their game and they also love their films <laughs> speaking of that little teaser bomb we got nfl films next week we're going to keep the behind the scenes going a little bit we're going to bring you joe zuko nfl films producer and director on the show for you next episode and as a teaser trailer bomb kind of thing, I guess. We could say this. He's worked on many things that you've probably heard of. Well, for instance, the NFL 100 all-time team list. Yeah, you know, where they brought in Bill Belichick and Chris Collinsworth and Rich Eisen and all the other guys together to talk about the NFL 100 all-time team. And also, the great Brady heist. I mean, that's just a couple of the films he's been a part of. So, next episode, come on back. You gotta listen. You gotta learn for more. But before I go... I have to remind you, we have an unbelievably awesome group of podcast hosts over on the network. I strongly urge you to check them out over at sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcasts. But for now, dude, I am through if you're through. Thank you for listening to
1: this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe with your podcast player of choice and head on over to the thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads.